What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Join us here today as we continue our discussion into the 70 week prophecy of Daniel chapter 9 here on the Last Things Podcast. What does he say? Until the anointed one comes. Now, of course, we know who the anointed one is. It's Jesus Christ, right? All right, so let's look. So we got two parts of the scripture of the prophecy. Seven times seven is 49. 62 times seven is 434. So totally, we have 483 years, but it's broken up into three parts. First, let's deal with the 49 year part uh, part. Why are we talking about 49 years? Because it took them 49 years to rebuild Jerusalem. Now, I can't find the exact date as to how as to when they started and when they finished. But all the prophet, all of the, everything that I've read, notes and everything online, they all talk about it took them 49 years. So that part of the prophecy was completed when Jerusalem was rebuilt. Now, the second part is 434 years, okay? 434 years. So from that moment to when the anointed one comes, is for, so from that moment, 434 years later, that's the second part of the prophecy. That, that, that 49 part ended when Jerusalem was rebuilt. And now the 434-year part starts now, until when the anointed one comes. Now, if you put four, of course, when you add up 434 years and 49 years, that comes up with 483. So 483 years from the time the command was given, which was in 445 BC, until the anointed one comes. Now, there is a guy by the name of Sir Robert Anderson. He wrote this book, man, I'm I should have wrote down the title of this book. That is my fault. If you're listening, I'm going to post the title on Facebook, okay, for you to understand. For, um, I'm going to post the title of the book, okay? But I do remember this. This book was written in eight, in 18, either 1886, 1856. I can't remember. It's in the 1800s. I'm about that. It was written in the 1800s. And in this book, this guy who was a theologian, he took he broke down the prophecy that we're reading right now. This he broke this thing down. Everything that everyone has is based off of what he said. OK, now here's where the part here's where it's going to get tricky, because here's where it's going to get tricky. His first thing that you have to understand is remember the Jewish calendar 
in the Gregorian calendar, which is the calendar we have, they're off. Remember, Jewish calendar is how long? 360 days makes one year. For us, it's 365 days that makes a year. So you have to account for that. And plus all of the leap years that came in, that's what Sir Robert Anderson had said. You got to think about all the leap years. So when you say, so when you say 483 years, that means the times, that means it's for us is 483. But back then, 483 meant 476. So if you take this 483 and you change and you make 483. Is 400 is actually 476 because you um, you base it on the Jewish calendar and all the leap years. It changes to 476 years. Why is that important? Because that four, 476, that means it's 476 years from the command. The time was given to rebuild Jerusalem. Now, you don't apply this to the whole prophecy. You don't apply it to then. You don't change. Gabriel said it's 490 years total. You don't apply that to the time of that. Gabriel said you apply this to the years that um, the years in between from the 434 years, the 49 years is right. The 434 years. This is where this applies to, because remember, we're talking about the new tip from, from the Old Testament to the New Testament. OK. So you got to account for all the leap years and everything. All right. That's like four centuries. So. That means 476 years after 445 B.C., something has to happen. It says the anointed one comes. Where does when does the anointed one, which we know is Jesus Christ, how look what it says, the anointed one comes, anointed one is capitalized, right? Where does this put us? Let's look at Luke chapter 19. This puts us right here at Luke chapter 19. Verse 28 through 40. If you have your Bible, you should know what this is. This is, let me read it. At the telling of this story, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. Verse 29. As he came to the towns of uh, Bethsaida, Bethage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying the colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. Verse 22. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked him, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they bought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. Verse 36, as he rode along the crowd spread, as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. Verse 37, when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Verse 38, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. 
Verse 39, but some of the Pharisees among the crowd say, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they kept quiet, the stones alone would burst into cheers. What I just read to you is the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ. This is where he comes. This is where Jesus announces himself to be the Messiah. This is why the Pharisees along the crowd told him, don't tell them, think, don't you need to rebuke the crowd because they understood He's telling, in essence, they're saying he is the Messiah. That's why the Pharisees got mad. So 476 years from the time the command was given to rebuild Jerusalem, 445 B.C., until the anointed one comes, puts us right here when Jesus makes his triumphal entry in Luke chapter 19, verse 28 through 40. Now. I want you to read now this. That's what makes the triumphal entry very important, right? I want you to read something else. Let's scroll down. I want to scroll. I want to scroll down. Let's read verses 41 through 44. Because now this is going to make more sense to you, because now you're going to understand. Now that we see this, that we just read this, you're going to understand why Jesus makes this next statement. But as he came closer, verse 41, but as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city of ahead, he began to weep. Verse 42, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against ramparts against your walls and encircle you and enclose in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. Ooh. Do you understand what Jesus is saying right now? He's telling them. You're supposed to know what this day means. That's why he began to cry, because he said, you guys don't know what this day means. This is why Jesus makes that statement when he, this is why Jesus begins to weep over Jerusalem. He not only begins to pretty, he, he tells them the truth has now been hidden from your eyes. This is where they became blinded because they didn't understand what Jesus was what was what was so important about this day this was prophesied Gabriel told Daniel this is going to happen the anointed one will come Jesus has just done that he has come in the form of saying he has come in a way of saying he is the messiah the pharisees were rebuking him tell him don't tell don't let them do that and he said no i'm not going to stop him because if he if they if i stop him I'm not going to stop him in essence saying, I'm not going to, what did he say? If they keep quiet, the stones along the road will burst into tears. If I don't praise them, the rock, if we, if nobody prays them, the rocks will cry out. How many times have we heard that scripture? Remember the song by Reverend Paul Jones. If you don't know Reverend Paul Jones, the rocks will cry out. I believe that's the name of the song. It was a song that came out uh, when I was younger in school. Y'all going to make me go listen to that on the way to church this morning. Lord have mercy. But anyway, do you see this is why he wept over Jerusalem? Because they're supposed to know, hey, you're supposed to know what this day really means. And they didn't know. And he and look what he says. He says, but now it's too late. 
and peace is hidden from your eyes. You are blinded from this moment on. And then he begins to tell them about the city and what's going to happen to the city. Now, of course, as we know, we'll get to that part, okay? And also, if you look at Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, Zechariah, I don't have the scripture pulled up in front of me. I didn't pull it up. I'm sorry. But I believe it's, it's prophesied. Zechariah's telling them, hey, this is what the Messiah is going to look like when he comes. That's, they're supposed to know what this means. But the Pharisee, but they didn't. They are supposed to know the significance of this based on what Gabriel told Daniel. This is the second. This is one of two times that Jesus is telling them something that Daniel already already um, prophesied about. This is one of two times. We're going to get to that second time in a little while. OK, so to back up, we have 490 years divided into three parts, 49 years, 434 years. That means it's 483 years, right? Now, if you put that calendar, if you change it, if you apply the leap years and everything for us, it's 483 years. But for them, you change it and it's 476 years because they're basing it off of the Jewish calendar, right? Now, if you do that, that puts us right here at the triumphant entry. So 476 years from the command given in 445 BC until the anointed one comes puts us at eight at 32 AD, which is a triumphal entry. Now, that's another thing that's very confusing. Some people have it at AD 30, but Sir Robert Anderson puts it at AD 32 because he said he he said you got to account for the leap years and everything else. So he puts it at AD 32. Again, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put where you can find this information on Facebook. I'm going to put all, I'm going to put the name of the book and I'm going to put all the books information. Cause you, you can, you can buy it at any store. I'm going to put the information on Facebook. So you'll have it. Okay. And then as we just read, this is why he wept over Jerusalem. Okay. Now let's go back to Daniel chapter nine. And notice what it says. We're still in verse 25. Jerusalem will be rebuilt with streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times. Now, during those times, Jeru now during those times, they went through they went through a lot trying to rebuild Jerusalem. They were being stopped at all corners. They they went through a lot trying to rebuild Jerusalem. Okay. And that's what this part means. He said, despite the perilous times, okay. Now, let's go to verse 26. And let's read it. After this period of 62 sets of seven, so after the 434 years, the anointed one will be killed. We know he, Jesus was killed, the crucifixion. So we know that to be true, appearing to have accomplished nothing. A lot of, we all know, a lot of Jews are blinded. So because of them being blinded, they don't believe Jesus to be the Messiah. Why most Jews don't believe in Jesus being the Messiah? One, he failed to destroy evil and their enemies. Another reason, 
to establish, he failed to establish an eternal kingdom with Israel as the preeminent nation in the world. You see that? Those are just two reasons. They're in, in, in but this is the part. They thought their eternal kingdom was going to come now. No, it's not. It's not. I, if you read, I don't know if I can pull up on my laptop real quick. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can. I want you, I'm going to pull up John chapter 10. Let me see if I can pull up real quick. Please forgive me. I want to read this passage real quick to you. John chapter 10, verse 10. Let me pull it up real quick. Okay. This is what it says. No, it's not verse 10. Oh, crap. I can't find it. Oh, man. Is it verse 10? Okay, here it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the this is Jesus giving a parable of the shepherd of the good sheep, the good shepherd and his sheep, right? Verse 11. Let me let me set this up. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks him and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he is working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Oh, here we go. Chapter 10, verse 16. I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and they will be one flock and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Jesus is talking about the Jews. He is the good shepherd of the Jews. But notice what he says in verse 16. I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. He's talking about he's the shepherd for the Jews. Who is this other sheep that he's talking about right here? He's talking about the Gentiles. He said the Gentile. I have another group as well. The Gentiles. And I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. See, so. This is important. Why? The Jews don't Jews believe that he failed to establish an eternal kingdom with Israel as a preeminent nation in the world. However, Jesus just said, no. I got I got another group as well. And I've got to bring them in as well. Who's the other group? The Gentiles are the other group. We got a problem. Because there are a lot of people who believe that Jesus just came for the Jews and Jews only, that salvation is only for the Jews. 
That's what a lot of this. That's what a lot of people are believing right now. However, this statement right here that Jesus made, I got other sheep. Who's the other sheep he's talking about? He's talking about the Gentiles. And I must. And what does he say? I must bring them also. So this scripture right here that Jesus said just really debunks a lot of people say, oh, he just came for the Jews. Well, not according to what would just come out of his own mouth. He said, I got other sheep, too. And who's the other sheep? The Gentiles. OK, so this is why the eternal kingdom has not been established yet, because all the Gentiles are not in. There is a thing called the fullness of the Gentiles. There's two different things when it comes to Gentiles, the times of the Gentiles and the fullness of the Gentiles. What is the fullness of the Gentiles? It is the land. It is when all of the Gentiles that are supposed to be saved comes into the kingdom. When that happens, all of the, the fullness of the Gentiles, that is when all of the Gentiles that are meant to be saved will be folded into the kingdom of God. Okay. So there's a specific number of Gentiles that are meant to be saved. There's a specific amount of number of Gentiles that's going to be saved. So if Jesus just said, I got other sheep that are not a part of this fold and they're going to listen to my voice and there's going to be one flock. That means his eternal king. That means that the eternal kingdom hasn't come yet. Why? Because all the Gentiles are not in. All of the Gentiles must come in first. Before the um, before the eternal kingdom that comes on earth, this is talk when he talk about establishing his eternal kingdom. This is talking about at the end when his second coming. See, they thought he was going to do it now, but no, Jesus is going to do it in his second coming. But Jesus told him. But what did Jesus say in in Luke? He said, "Because you didn't understand this, your eye, you're blinded." So they don't understand, like, no, the stuff that Jesus is meant to do, that's a future date. That's not for now. But they thought it was for at that moment. They thought it was at their time. But he said, no, this is for this is a future time. OK. But I wanted to read that because that scripture really breaks down because I, I hear I have I hear so many people. They always say that Jesus only came for the Jews. Salvation is only meant for the Jews. It's all about the Jews. But Jesus just said here, no. I got another group and who's the other group he's talking about. He was talking about the Jews first, but that second group that he's talking about, he's talking about Gentiles. He's talking about Gentiles. Okay. But I wanted to read that scripture. I've been, for, I've been sitting on that scripture for a few weeks and I wanted to bring that up. Okay. But let, so let's go back to Daniel chapter nine. Okay. We're verse 26. So what did, he, what did he say? After the seven, after the 62 sets of seven, the anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing. And that's what the Jews believe. They believe Jesus did not accomplish nothing. So they do not believe Jesus to be the Messiah. Even to this day, there are a lot of Jews that still don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. Um, you'll have to forgive the light that just changed behind me because the sun is coming up. So it's throwing off the light and I'm not stopping the video. So you'll have to fight through it for a little while. OK, so let's keep going. The anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing. And a ruler will arise whose army will whose armies will destroy the city and the temple. Who's the root now? This is future. OK, now. We know the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, right? 
Now, I believe the ruler at the time was Tiberius, I believe. I believe it was him. It was Tiberius. I believe he was the uh I believe he was the ruler at the time. Now, um he was the ruler at the time. So Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD, right? We know that, right? The end will come with a now. Let me see. Did I pull up the um let me get my let me get my slide together? Okay, I didn't pull it up. Okay. The end will come with a flood and the war and with a flood and war and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end. Okay. So as we let me see, did I get my notes on this? Oh man, I think I just dropped my tablet. Oh, here it is. Here it is in front of me. Let me pull my tab. Let me get my notes because I need to talk about this real quick. Okay, when it says here, the end will come with a flood. He's talking about the city and the temple, right? And war and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end. So once the temple was destroyed, he says war and miseries are decreed from that time to the end. Destroy the city and the temple. Whose armies will destroy the city and the temple, which we know that happened in 70 AD. The end will come with a flood. Which will come swiftly and war and its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end. So, Gabriel, this is my interpretation. Now, this is where mine comes in. Gabriel is saying from this moment on, war and miseries are decreed on the city and the temple from that time after the temple is destroyed until the time of the very end. Do you know a fact about Jerusalem? Jerusalem has been attacked 52 times captured and recaptured 42 times, besieged 23 times, and has been destroyed twice. That's what's happened to Jerusalem since then. Do you also, and of course, when whenever we re see the news, they're always talking about what the, um, the, the conflict between Israel and the Palestines. There is so much conflict in Jerusalem that's going on all the time that's what to me this is my opinion that's why i believe this is why gabriel told them its miseries are decreed from that time to the very end jerusalem will always have something going on with it until the very end this is my opinion of this of what this part of the scripture means okay it's my opinion you go back and read it in your own study time it might mean something else to you okay
Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Join us here next week as we continue our discussion into the 70-week prophecy of Daniel chapter 9 here on the Last Things Podcast. Love you guys. Be blessed.